This is episode 77. Welcome to the Ultimate Deck Podcast. Ultimate Deck Podcast. Helping you keep your finger firmly pressed on the decking industry, the people in it, and the information you need to master the backyard. And now, now. host of the Ultimate Deck Podcast, Shane Chapman. Welcome, everybody, to the Ultimate Deck Podcast, episode 77. Holy smokes. And it took us... (laughs) Your it hands shaking. This long. Are you nervous? I'm drinking a bang energy drink at the same time as a pile of bones <laughs> brew. It does things to you. And and a whipped coffee back there. I'm jacked up. There's all sorts of things going on in my body right now. So, uh, Wade Laurent, Shane Chapman here today. We're live on the Instagram again, and you can see our guest is struggling to keep his camera straight there. There he is, and he's hiding his hair today. This doesn't even make sense. Yeah, What's put, happening here? Yeah. So we're going to dial in the legend Paul of France here shortly. Paul took 77 episodes to get on this podcast. Doesn't even make sense. But he's our guest today. So, But before we get to bringing Paul onto the line here in the podcast, we have some Simcoe news. So, Wade, you've got this pre-prepared today. What's happening in, in Simcoe? Simcoe? Let's go. What's, what's happening? So there was this guy that... He started a pasta restaurant in Simcoe. Here's a like a feel good story in COVID era. Okay. The past started a pasta restaurant during a pasta pandemic. Restaurant during the pandemic called Pandemic Pasta. And it's going off like gangbusters. I don't know that it's called Pandemic Pasta, but <laughs> he, like he missed an opportunity. Yeah, he certainly did. So, uh that's a good news story, right? You're you open a restaurant, you're winning. Who wins yeah. at this time in a restaurant? Finally some good news out of Simcoe okay. County. Uh, they broke up a heroin ring, so that's good. Also good news. Take the heroin off the street, passes selling. It wasn't operating in the back of the pasta place, was it? Obviously. <laughs> okay. And uh, the snowbirds did a flyby this week. Over Barrie, Ontario? Yes. Okay. Fun. Good. Little People might not know the home of the snowbirds is here, down the road in Moose Jaw. Like, we could have went to, we could have, I could have. They fly by past. here all the time. Yeah, but anyways. And they got snow today. Snow today. So did Saskatoon. Gross. Anyway, that's what? great. That's that's the best news from Simcoe in quite some time. So that's it. Okay. Well, you might as well dial Paul in here. Okay, Let's here get go. Paul brought into the show here because nobody wants to listen to us anymore. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to have his phone number forever. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, Paul. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bringing Paul in. Whoa. Simcoe news. I think Simcoe Dex is actually in here today. Yeah, we know. Listen, Susa, we know Paul's here. We're making him wait, okay? <laughs> you, you can't bring him on right at the start of the show. People are itching here to get some Paul. Does this work right away? It should work right away. You should be, uh, you're going to give us questions as they come in. Is that right? Good. Wait. Is that on? There it is. Is this thing on? All right, so I got I to gotta switch to my headphones here. <laughs> yeah, you're going to want to avoid speakerphone at all costs. Yeah, I think so. Let's try my headphones here. This is this is the part where I haven't even been told that I was going to be on video. Here goes the hair. There you <laughs> go. There has to be some hair involved in here because there were some comments about your hair in the Instagram post we made. It's really muffled. Barely hear you. No. 
Let's try this. There, that's oh, better. Yeah. Now we're How's that? Now we're there. Here we go. I can't see myself because because it's telling me to comment. And I don't want to comment. I want to talk. I don't yeah. want to write stuff. No, you don't have to write anything. The other people will, they'll do the writing. The hair is unruly. So my cool hat's going back on. Putting it back there on. There we go. And it's long enough to and pull down your eyes. And it's cold out here. It's cold, man. Did you get snow in Toronto as well? We had like, so I watched the snowfall last night and they accumulated about, about six inches of snow where I am up here on Georgian Bay. What? Six <laughs> yeah, inches was, of snow? You should move to Saskatchewan. It's Holy nicer song. here. Yeah, the weather out here is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 freaking freezing over here right now. Polar vortex, man. Polar Love vortex. it in the outdoor world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Paul, you probably don't need much of an introduction for the people that listen to this podcast. It's all just a bunch of deck nerds. They probably know who you are. But, you know, you've done some TV I'm stuff. I'm not going to be heard if they don't. You know, I'm, I'm, no, I will. I will be heard. <laughs> yeah. um, let's get started on this then. Why don't we tell everybody a little bit about Paula France, not the big celebrity HGTV guy, just like a little bit about Paul, the man. Uh, man child. I prefer. Sure. You don't mind. Yeah. Uh, gee, where do I begin? So if you go, do you want to go back to birth or like, do you want me to skip a few stages? Births are typically sure, fairly Paul. exciting. Yeah. Was like it, you can start was it, there if you like. Was it traumatic? Just that my memory is a bit hazy on the whole thing. That's the <laughs> yeah. only problem. Yeah. Did you come out with hair as good as you have now at birth? Because if so, start. Yeah, yeah, I came out. It was like this. It said it was on my chest, and that really worried a lot of people at the time. So, yeah, that was a, that was a hard one to explain to the doctors in England where I was born. Most people don't know that. You were born in I was England. Born in, yeah, I was born in Wimbledon, and uh, oh. but I suck at tennis, so, you know, there's irony for you. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, so I came over here when I was when I was quite wee, and uh, yeah, just kind of uh, melded into the Canadian society that 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 I now uh, call home. So I mean, I've been here since you know before I was one. So you know, don't hold that against me. But really, I'm a truly a Scotsman, as that's the true me. But no one would ever believe that you know a, a man with the last name LaFrance would you know would be a Scotsman. So that, so they make me speak in this really kind of boring Canadian accent. So, you know, you know how it is. That's your, that's showbiz for you. Right. You gotta, you gotta add spice somehow and maybe not the accent. Right. Um, so let's ask the obvious question first. You traveled here from England. I'm presumably by yourself at six months old. Parents. No, no, yeah, I was alone. Yeah. Which is, yeah, you used to be able to do that. You can't do that anymore. Right. They took all the fun out of it. But when, how, where did your deck life start? How did you become a deck builder? Like before all the shows and all that stuff, I, sh- I assume HGTV wasn't the first deck you ever built. So where did it all start? Uh, so I, I was, uh, I started the company, my company when I was like 20 years old. I'd just gotten married at the age of, uh, uh, how old was I? 22. Uh, so it's it kind of, I was, I was a high school dropout. I was a, I didn't realize I was an ADHD guy until many years later. Um, uh, and I, uh, I did, but let's just say I was, I was, I was, I was a real kind of and counterculture question, everything kind of person. I didn't, I, I didn't pick up a circular saw until I was like 22 years old, man. Like I, I had never built anything in my life except for Lego, very good at Lego. And, um, so I, I was, I got, I got married. I was working at a bookstore because when you get married, this thing happens where, uh, like, we had like a like a mortgage. Have you heard of these things? I've got one. I don't know much about it, but 
there, yeah, I don't know either. I didn't, and I did certainly knew less then. So like there was this whole need to like, I, I, as a musician, first and foremost, that's important to say, you know, having to get like a job was like, ooh. So I, had, I, was, I was working in this bookstore. and Let's not and, underplay the fact that you actually got a mortgage as a musician. That's a feat in itself, is it not? <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really know. There's, there's a lot of scientists looking into how that actually yeah. happened. Does your wife own the bank? Is that how that happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she was just uh, she was just really cute. So I don't know. Maybe that maybe that's how we got. It. I don't know how it worked out. But uh, so after after working at this bookstore to pay this mortgage for uh, at twenty two years of age for almost a year, um, if you know me now and then try to picture me working in a bookstore, you'd understand why it was very frightening for the people I was working with because you know I was, it got to the point where I was eventually you know. Uh, you know, driving by shoppers to pick up X locks to put in everybody's coffee just to break the monotony. And uh, and then I had a buddy show up one day and be like, uh, uh, "Why don't you come work for me? I have a fence and deck building company, you know, on the west end of Toronto." And and I was like, "You could have told me like I, I have a job in a sewer, and the likelihood of you getting eaten by the cro- by a crocodile is like ninety nine percent of it. Like I'm in." That would have made just way better TV, just so you know. If you <laughs> could have TV. <laughs> So, uh, so I ended up uh, going. I remember showing up that day, and I was, I, 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 and all, and I remember it was old, old DeWalt tools, and I was like, "Ooh, they look like Tonka trucks. This looks like fun." And then you turn them on, and they make a bunch of noise. I'm like, "Oh, double trouble! I can, I can cut things with this, including myself. So this is exciting." And uh, so I remember loving it because I was building stuff with my hands, and really excited about this new venture in life. Uh, not excited about the fact I had to drive two hours in Toronto rush hour traffic to get to work because it was on the opposite on the opposite side of the city. So after about three or four months of building the same fence, I was stopping off at shoppers to dr- to buy the uh, you know the laxative <laughs> again because I was just like this is boring me out of my mind. So then one day I worked I went into the, the one particular backyard with the boss who could tell that I was getting a little squirrely and he's like well come and fill this deck with me in. Uh, you know, in the backyard, and I was, I remember, that's when I walked in, first Paul LaFrance walking into the backyard of the first deck he's going to be a part of building, and, uh, you know, that's when I looked around, I was like, the boring square box, man, like, what is, this is, this is not what it's supposed to be, it could be so much more, and I remember giving my boss all of my creative ideas in one continuous, like, four-minute long monologue run-on sentence, <laughs> Soliloquy. and then he said to me, I'll never, yeah, it was. It was eloquent and, and passionate. And then he said, Paul, please, I've heard this a lot since then, please, for the love of all that is holy, stop talking. <laughs> yeah, uh, I pay you to haul so, stuff. Go to the truck and haul stuff back here. Okay. Yeah, go get the board stretcher or something. And 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 then I knew that wasn't, I knew that wasn't going to be possible for me to, like, you know, stop talking. So... Shortly after that, I was like, well, I'm going to go quit. I'm just going to go start my own company. Having no business training, no design training, you know, the common sense of a small pony. And uh, so I started, uh, so that's when I started. It was originally cutting edge construction and design. It sounded like, you know, I knew what I was doing. And uh, which became Paul LaFrance Design because, you know, uh, I like to, I like to uh, be vain. And uh, yeah, so I, my greatest fear in life is being bored. I just didn't want to be bored. And so going in, 
I was learning building techniques on the fly, but hey, I was able to just use my three great skills. You know, uh, Lego, number one, big skill. I was very good at it, still am. Uh, music, was able to, to tie my love of music into how I would build things because, you know, musicians are, uh, they, they can manipulate the world. And, uh, and then people, I actually, I get a kick out of people. I, I always have, always will. You know, I think I'm the only sane one. I think it's everyone else that needs to be looked at behind glass, you know, uh, you know, in a rubber room. And then that off it went. So, you know, we started like ending up putting people like I ended up like kind of beating out the competition and I didn't even know I was competing. I, as I said, I was just didn't, didn't, uh, didn't want to be bored. So that's how the whole thing got started. TV didn't happen until 12 years later. I was just started this company and I quickly became known as like, the like cr- this creative deck guy and i was just like oh thank you very much I, I, i'm i'm just i'm just building lego with different blocks man yep. yeah that's awesome so 12 years it took from the time you started your company until the first tv opportunity came how did that come about i'm assuming it wasn't just a tv executive drove by and was like nice deck want to be on tv uh actually close <laughs> so uh all right strangely enough yeah um so i was because i had kind of uh, built this this reputation of, of being um, uh, a creative psychopath, I guess, would be the way I would determine it. Uh, I ended up getting called into this breakfast television spot. And, so you have to kind of remember, I spent a lot of time on stage as a lead singer, songwriter, you know, uh, band leader, frontman. So cameras and being worried about camp, that was just never, you know, that was never something that, that, uh, that concerned me. I wasn't shy per se. What kind of music did you play? Ah, blow your hair back, rock and roll, tragically hit, Our Lady Peace, you know, uh, love that kind of stuff. Big U2 fan as well. And so I ended up getting called in to do this. This uh, I don't know if you guys have it out there, but they, they would do these 24 hour miracle makeovers. So, so there was this like, I don't know, some really run down place. They won a contest. It was a curb appeal job. And they called me in. And so there's a whole bunch of other contractors there. And it was 24 hours. We're going to blitz the front of this place and just do this whole curb appeal thing. And they called me in to do this front porch flash deck. And so they had, they had like siding guys there and window guys there and, and uh, landscapers and a neat. So, so I go in there and I you know, built this like crazy front porch flash deck in like 12 hours. And then next morning I'm on, I'm on camera. So, you know, camera crew shows up and like Jennifer Valentine, very popular here in Toronto on, on, on city. She comes in and, and, you know, live camera. So everyone else is like, all these other contractors are there, like terrified. They look like deer caught in the headlights, you know? <laughs> so she's like, Hey, what do you do feel here? And these guys are like, uh, we put in rocks and dirt. And, <laughs> and there's, she's like, Ooh, fascinating. So I'm there in my leather jacket, leaning up against, you know, my, like my diamond slate inlay that I had done. I was very proud. And, uh, and then Jennifer comes over. This guy looks interesting. And we do this interview. At that exact moment, this uh, guy, like, very good friend of mine uh, by the name of Mike Sheeran, who now is the, uh, who, who created architect films out of this meeting, uh, had just gotten back. You, can't, you just can't make this stuff up. He just got back from like Afghanistan doing a documentary on the Canadian troops on the ground in like Kandahar with like bullets flying over his head. And you just, Blew back going, I think I should get I think I should get into something where I might not die. And uh 
<laughs> he had never watched breakfast television before. And he just happened to get up that morning, turned it on, and boom, there I am. And he's like, man, that guy needs his own TV show. So he called my assistant the next day. A week later, we had coffee. And within two months, I'm sitting in, like, the HGTV buildings in Toronto. And they're like, how do you feel like being on television? I'm like, uh, how do you feel about cotton candy? Like, I, you know, this wasn't something I was, <laughs> you know, this wasn't something I was looking for. It wasn't something I was going after. So I was like, yeah, sure. Let's, you know, life's a ride, man. Let's, let's see what happens. And they thought that decked out was just going to be some, uh, oh, there we go. I can see my face now. There we go. Something just happened. Uh, I hit a, I hit the magic button. Uh, they thought that decked out was just going to be some nice little, uh, show because at the time, Home and Garden Television was just mostly home and no garden. And they didn't expect, none of us expected that this show would, would suddenly like blow the doors off and be like, you know, uh, break records for, for you know, for debut shows, you know, but I would suddenly become a god, you know, like, you know, stuff you don't expect that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that the story. I can just keep monologuing, guys. You got to interrupt yeah. me with questions. <laughs> no, I, I want to hear it all. I, I love that the story was just a whole bunch of spontaneous things that happened. It wasn't that you're out there looking for it because a lot of the times. No, nah, I didn't are... audition. I didn't do any of that stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So you've done now quite a few shows. Decked Out was kind of the first major one that you were kind of the star of, but you followed that up with some other ones like Deck Wars and Custom Built and a couple others, whatever. What was your favorite one to work on? Is Decked Out kind of, that was the, the baby or? Yeah, it's kind of like, it was like Innocent Days, you know? Like it was, Decked Out was, um, it was just a blast. And we just had, like no one expected this thing to be as big as it was. And, and, you know, most people don't realize that the, the, the team, they weren't casted either. So Joe, Dave and Patrick are all my brother-in-law, like legit working with me beforehand. And prior to the show getting approved, I had hired Katie off of, uh, I actually like phone big daddy, Mike Holmes to ask for permission to hire Kate. And uh, he was like, yeah, my blessing, you know. And uh, <laughs> But it wasn't for a TV show. She was just going to come work with, with, with me and my, and my team. And then so it was just organic. And it's been said that, you know, everyone was like, you couldn't, it was like capturing lightning in a bottle. You couldn't put these characters together uh, if you had cast it a thousand times over. It just, the dynamic was just there because we were all legitimately like family. So like, you know, Three, the three boys which are legitimately family and then Kate was like my adopted little sister you know so it was like the that's why the dynamic was so fun and so real and so childlike and I think that's the part that we liked the most is just the fact that people were watching something that was really people just doing what they're doing there wasn't anything fake about it we were like having fun and not taking ourselves so damn seriously and I think that's that's the part that we're the most proud of people were like wait a minute you morons built that you know we're like yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. yeah like i yeah. sketched it yeah. out on a napkin and like look at it we're surprised too. pretty good yeah, yeah. i don't know yeah. so I, don't know. I was like i said i wasn't trying to compete with anyone i wasn't trying to prove anything i'm just like i just like you know i like lego yeah no, you, you yeah because you can't you can't stick a bunch of actors in a room or separate people and have the kind of rapport that you guys had you clearly have like you've clearly leg wrestled before with these other people like there is that dynamic there right oh yeah uh, so Kate joined after the show started. Is that, or what's? No, no, she was. 
she was, uh, we had fil- ended up filming the first few episodes. I think she, she was in Thailand. And, uh, and then she jumped in like on the, she was there. The, the third one we filmed actually ended up being the premiere episode. So that's the 5,000 square foot uh, project where, you know, I was like craning this pool over the house, you know, like you do. And uh, <laughs> that was, that was when, uh, so Katie had started there, but she would have been, she would have been there as far as anyone else is concerned, she was there right from the beginning, but it was the third episode in that she can't come back and start working with us. So why was and, I, and we all know that everyone just loves Kate, you know, it's like just because Katie's Katie. It's amazing. You can't even be upset that everyone's like, where's Kate? Like, yeah. So, uh, but why was Mike Holmes in your phone book? Oh, so because <laughs> I, I had done a number of, of uh, forays into the TV world prior to the show being prior to decked out. So I had been on, uh, I got called in in a similar way to one of Mike's shows, uh, Lean on Me, where he was, you know, built an entire new house. And uh, through the grapevine, they said, we should get this Paul guy in to do the deck on the house. So I did. And I ended up, uh, um, I had like a brochure because I wanted to show Mike and uh, up for my company. This is prior to television. And I ended up going up to asking one of his friends to say, uh, Hey, do you think you can give this to Mike? He's like, oh, give me that thing. And he walks up and he hits Mike in the back of the head with the brochure for my company. Mike like turns around. I'm just like, what are you doing? You don't hit Mike Holmes in the back of the head with my brochure. Like you're, you're going to ruin me forever. <laughs> and uh, he turns around and he's like, what's this? <laughs> he's like, oh, good. No, I need a deck of my place. Yeah. It looks like you're good. All right, well, I'll talk to you. Next thing you know, I am building Mike's backyard oasis and became the first guy that he ever hired to do anything that he didn't do himself or have his crew do. And I ended up sitting around in his backyard, talking philosophy with him. We became, you know, we became friends. That was like, that's just unexpected and completely separate from me entering into TV. So then later on, you know, when I did multiple shows like Holmes Inspection with him and, you know, uh, it was, it was completely separate from me starting my own show. So that's how I, that's how I had his number. Crazy. Uh, you can't like it's just you can't make this stuff up. You know, it's just, it just happened. Yeah, it's a good it's a good backstory to how this all came to be. Now, outside of I don't know if Mike Holmes is this person or not, but did you have somebody that you looked up to as a carpenter? Not and nobody on your crews, but is there somebody that inspired you, or was this just your creativity was just in you? You never had to really be inspired by anybody else. It's uh, yeah, you know what? I think it's it, what. I would love to be able to say I have this one person that I always look up to. I think it probably goes along with a, a lot of the my philosophies when I was younger, where I, so many people compare their artistic ability to somebody else or wanting to become like somebody else and you know attain somebody else's level. And uh, since I was young, I've always just been like, I'm not trying to be anybody but just me. And, and I've had a lot of people, you know, say to me that the design that I've, I've come up with over the years, that had I gone to design school, I probably wouldn't have had the same level because I would have been told somewhere along the lines that you shouldn't do it this way or you're not supposed to do it this way. Yeah, and for be... me, I was, just, I am a 12 year old kid going, what can we do now? You know, they would have stuck and... you in a box for sure. Yep. Yeah, and, and I, as much as I think that could be a cliche, I I can't say that I was ever looking like I want to be like this person. 
I was just not wanting to be bored. What about musically? Oh, gee. Yeah, that's, uh, I would love to have uh, Gord Downey's stage presence, which is another fun thing. Because in my new show, which I'm, which we I'm sure we'll talk about, I end up I end up doing a tragedy a tribute concert in the show, which was, which is uh, Gord Downey is a huge like uh, huge inspiration for me. I, I love that man. Awesome. Um, love, uh, yeah, like you know, I've always. I've always wanted to be able to impact people in a way that Bono can impact people from a stage, you know, um, whether you're a YouTube fan or not. I don't know how this guy that's my height, you know, wearing, wearing lifts in his shoes, you know, with an Irish accent can walk out and transform an entire stadium and get everyone who is, uh, you know, everyone singing amazing grace at the Rogers center. I was just like, that's, that's that's pretty intense, yeah. you know. And yet, just you know, you never hear about anything about the guy being, you know, caught up in some weird thing behind the scenes. He looks like a guy that's just free of ego, and I, that that always inspires me. Anyone or he has really good handlers. Not walking around with a big ego that can have an impact always. Uh, always, I find inspiring. If the opportunity came to you to do kind of what you're doing with Dex, but in music. So if the opportunity came to do a big tour or do some sort of sort of show that was around music and being in a band instead, would you walk away from Dex? Which is your bigger passion? Um, oh yeah, I would. Well, cause think about it. Like I love this being a creative outlet and I, like I said, I've been doing it for a long time and I love the fact that I'm creating places of rest for people in a world that's gone crazy. But, you know, there's only so many people you can impact at a time. Whereas, uh, you know, music has the ability to really transcend and cut cross borders, cross languages. You know, uh, it's amazing how a song can be remembered and impact somebody for the rest of their lives, you know. Um, yeah, if I, you know, there's always, I'm still a musician. I've, I've actually been working into... The, place that no one would ever expect i'm starting to write like you know rap and hip-hop music and i'm planning on doing some recording of that down the road weird stuff happens when you're at home with covid you're buying some weird ideas but uh we'll see how that turns out it could be terrible but you never know <laughs> your lego skills have probably improved in the last six weeks or so <laughs> oh I've, I've built some crazy towers let me tell you Sweet the neighbors. now for those people who maybe don't know you've just launched a new show and it's not on HGTV, so you got to do a little bit more digging. But you've launched a new show called Backyard Revolution. And this is on yeah. delivered through your website. Back, I think it's BackyardRevolutionTV.com. Is that right? Yeah. So it's a whole – yeah, this, this is a, a two-and-a-half-year project that I just – that I that we just launched. And, uh, you know, we're when – you, when you do something differently, uh, this is a real pioneering type of thing. So – as much as I love decked out disaster decks, custom built, and you know any of the shows I did on TV, I am a, I'm a writer, I'm a storyteller, and I think one of the major things that I always wished more to have more of was the real stories of like the homeowners. Let's take an episode of decked out, for instance. You know, Absolutely. there was always such a great story behind the homeowners or stuff that happened during the, during the, the filming, you know, whether it was behind the scenes stuff, uh, 
stuff that we just had to cut that couldn't make a 22-minute episode complete. And that always bugged me, you know. I understood, but it bugged me because I'm like, we used to call it killing puppies, you know. It's like, oh, if only we could have kept this scene or kept this part. Or there was this really touching moment with the homeowners, but it didn't fit into the format of this formulaic show. And I, and don't get me wrong, I'm proud of all of those shows. Like, I really am. They're all like my babies. But, but I really wanted to be able to do something, particularly in this realm of, of reality, Reno TV, that was that had never been done before. And that is follow the same trend of, of how we're watching uh, productions right now. You look at how many A-list actors in the movie realm in the movie that are leaving the silver screen to go do television, a television series. Um, it's like an epidemic. More and more really well-known actors are, are leaving where he or she can become this uh, a, a a much more developed character. Like the, if you think about Carrie Matheson from like uh, Homeland or Gregory House or Lewis Litt from Suits, you know, like you think about these characters and what I love about those characters and what people love about those characters is that they are really good over here and they're really terrible over here. They're flawed freaking humans, man. They're real people. And we love that. And it's showing because we're watching, we're watching more series type television, and even more so than movies. Do you think because that's because we love, we love everybody now has ADHD and we can't sit for longer than thirty minutes? And everybody's like, I want to watch an episode and then go do something else, like like watch the next episode, like watch the next episode. <laughs> but it's like it's easy to take a break, right? So people don't like to sit for two hours anymore. I went to the theater. Last month for the first time in 10 years. Really? I don't go to the theater. It's too, like, too much. But I watch TV lots. So. Right. It's, it probably has because a lot can, to do with. You can control it, too, right? You can control it. Yeah. It probably has a lot to do with the social media lens, too. Everybody's on camera now, right? And we're watching the most amateur of recordings and unedited and just kind of realism like happen this. through social media on our phones every right. day. So our expectation isn't anymore to. We don't even really desire the polished, finished product as much as maybe we used to through the movies. So anyways, I watched the first episode of the show and I thought it was fantastic. I like that it's so real. I like that it's like, I was explaining to, our, to Bryce here who helps us with the podcast all the time that, you know, the other shows are always so polished. People saw this 22 minutes of this monstrosity of a deck being built and they thought like, ah, it probably took a week. And it's like, no, no, that's more like a year, maybe two years sometimes to actually pull yeah. it off. But you don't see any of the stuff that goes wrong. You just see... Paul walking through the yard and saying like, we should do this, this, this commercial break framed commercial break decked commercial break, walk through with the homeowner. And it's like, well, that went all really smoothly. And then, but in reality, you forgot to drain the hot tub, Paul. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's only the beginning. Where do you see the rest of it? That's <laughs> nothing. That, and I think that's the, that's the point. Are we getting an echo? I just want to make sure we're not getting an echo on this. I think Is anyone it's, complaining about? I believe it's your end because you're on speakerphone. I think it's probably. I'm fine. I just saw someone say it's only echoing on the Instagram feed. Yeah, I, I think. Want to make sure it... we're not uh, irritating people. If you if you can understand I'm us, just being we're okay. Concerned. It's not it's good. not echoing good. on the podcast recording. We're good here. Good. So. Now, so here's here's the story behind behind DYR. So back here at Revolution, I'm like, I want to film something that is 
decked out, uh, decked out versus beach Deadpool is such a great way to describe it because we're, we're just, we're just pulling away all these things. We're taking the camera, we're turning it around, we're showing all the mistakes and it's not just showing the mistakes that I'm making on the, on, on, on the site. Cause any, any deck builder, any, anyone in the building industry, they know damn well, like we, it's going to happen. Anyone who's like, I don't make any mistakes. You know, I, we immediately be like, Oh, okay. Well, you're, Oh, you're the one, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're the, uh, you're the, you're the super deck Jesus that we were all been waiting for the Messiah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's garbage. And, you know, particularly when you're dealing with human beings, you're dealing with clients, you're dealing with, with your crews, you're dealing with suppliers, you're dealing with all that stuff regulate on my site. It's dealing with all that and me being me and me being me is to be a really difficult person to work with because I'm, you know, I'm like Peter Pan sometimes to the point that like my right hand man is being driven absolutely crazy because I'm like, I'm, tr- I'm, I'm wanting to do something creative, even if it doesn't make sense from a business perspective, he's, uh, I've hired, he's there to help me protect me from myself. I end up throwing $30,000 into a toilet and you're going to, you'll have to, you know, you watch it, you'll understand what I'm talking about, demoralizing my entire crew where they actually legitimately have to confront me. And this is not dramatized television. Yeah. It's really funny, but it's also really real because there are elements where I'm not, I'm not happy. I'm actually really demoralized and really upset. And then it flips around and it, it really takes it. It's a true roller coaster, you know, as well as while well, doing this, trying to get ready for doing this Gord Downey tragically hip concert for uh, a charity concert for, for uh, uh, raising money for, for cancer, cancer research. And I haven't sung in a while. My voice is shot. My hands are messed up. And, this is a terror for me. So I don't have like, why did I even agree to do this? And I'm like this, if you're a musician and you're nervous about the way your vocals sound and you want to get past that, the best thing to do is just say, Hey, why don't I go take some vocal lessons and just have the camera follow me in? Cause you never look more ridiculous than when you're taking a vocal lesson. Because you're not supposed to sound good, and believe me, I sound like a like I'm being run, like a I sound like a some sort of alien creature being run over multiple times by a truck mixed with a mutant cat. Like it's just it's a mess. But it's so there's just no hiding. Yeah. So that's the show. Yeah. And it follows a story that is that is where people are be like 14 episodes in the same project. I'm like yep. Yeah. In the same way that you are going to follow a story arc in a, in a 14 episode series, you are not going to be bored watching this. Everything flows into the next, flows into the next. I'm extru- and I'm a picky person. This thing is, I am extremely proud of this. I like it better than any of the shows I've ever done. That's amazing. It's, it's, uh, yeah. and, that's, and that's a difficult thing for me to say. That's why it took two years to do because I'm a anal, retentive, perfectionist, perfectionistic jerk sometimes so. there's a question there's a question i want to come back to with regards to this but having said that you, this is your most proud work is that because do you have more control over this because hgtv is not involved and you're kind of more control of how the final product looks and is that the reason you chose the format and the distribution model you chose on this or what was behind that so a little later down the road we're going to uh, do another podcast where i'm going to share some of the secrets <laughs> behind this show because there's a 
big time secret about the making of Backyard Revolution that um, is, is is an industry changer. Because no one's gonna it's gonna it's gonna blow people's minds when they hear this. So I'm 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 keeping that it's a little bit of a top secret bit of information right now. But but yeah. So there was a quote that was made uh, the the movie that won Best Picture this year was a movie called Parasite. Do you hear about that? Mm, I've heard of it, but sure I, you do. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, this movie won Best Picture. I watched the movie. I thought it was a fantastic film. But I, the quote from the director was, if you want something to be done the way that you want it to be done, you have to have that creative control. You have to have control over the editing. You have to have control over the filming. And and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a filmmaker. I'm a storyteller. And when you're dealing with networks in the traditional way, you've got a lot of really smart people. There's a lot of, you know, it's like the whole, there's too many chefs in the kitchen. And they, they try, you know, you can't have too radical of an idea because, yeah, people might gravitate toward it, but what about the people that don't? You might lose viewers. You might gain over here. You might lose over here. Sure. So it can really end up being this vanilla type of formula that just stays the same. And an interesting example of that, someone has to take a chance on this, on something new. So it wasn't that long ago when they said flip shows never work. That's no one will ever want to watch a flip show. Next thing you know, there's 15 flip shows and you're just going, can we watch something other than a flip show? <laughs> you know, somebody had to take a chance on decked out to get that going. But the concept of saying, I want to do 14 episodes on one project. is just, it was just like, woo, this is, this is uh, pushing people too far, too fast. Yeah. And so, my options were to say, well, I'll uh, just do the same stuff that I've been doing. But anyone who knows me knows I can't stay still. If I know, if I know that I wasn't happy before because I felt constrained, I, ha- I have to, I got to push the envelope. And if pushing the envelope means, you know, there's a reason why I wear a Millennium Falcon around my neck. Uh uh, yes, I'm a Star Wars nerd, but it's more to it. That was my guess. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, obviously, but there's there's more to it, and that's there's the the story of George Lucas when he made Star Wars. He was mocked. They thought this was the stupidest thing anyone's ever made, and this is going to be the biggest bomb in the history of motion, you know, in the history of motion pictures. Then it was a success. That's kind of like my decked out. The people are like, this isn't going to, you know, people, this isn't going to work. But Empire Strikes Back was when George Lucas went, he got, he was denied. He got uh, the industry that said it was all going to bomb. They didn't take that really well. They even, they even fined him $350,000 for not having credits at the beginning of the movie. And everybody knows in Star Wars, it was like that. And then it scrolled through like, wow, okay. that actually was breaking the rules. He wasn't allowed to do that. And they fined him $350,000 in 1977. You know, that was worth a lot more money. It's a few bucks. And so he said, I'm going to go do this myself. I'm going to break the two rules. Number one, back in the day, you don't make a sequel to a movie, period. You sure as hell don't make a sequel to a sci-fi movie unless you're crazy. And above all, you sure as hell don't use your own money to do it. The rest is history. Yep. He bet the farm and won. That backyard revolution, not 
Fox is on the same scale, mind you, but that's the inspiration. I'm like, you got to be a little crazy to make a complete show, to do a complete 14-episode series, involve a bunch of companies, but fund the vast majority of it yourself, put all your eggs in one basket when you don't have a place that is airing yet. Yeah. you got to be nuts. Yep. It's a little bit different, the approach you took this one, for I'm, sure. I'm nuts. Paul, is the, just, it, to, just to intersect for one second, is the, is the volume on your the phone that's recording the Instagram, is it all the way down? It's as down as it can go. Is it? Okay. I know it won't let you mute it completely, but that's apparently the source of the little bit of an echo that people are hearing. But we're good on this end. Um, okay. I hope it's good. I, also, is it, I wonder if it'll help if I just go a little further away. Possibly, yep. Uh, Bryce is saying, yes, that's helping. So. Now, in the spirit of Backyard Revolution and what it's all about, do you recall what your most costly mistake would have been that you made in all your years of, of decked outing and everything else? Like, what was the one thing that you did or changed that really hit you hard in the bank account? Well, I'd love to say that it was anything else, but it actually was on Backyard Revolution. But I'm <laughs> okay. dead serious. Backyard Revolution... I made a, I make a colossal, I make a very uh, ambitious decking design choice. And I want to do it my way. I want to be able to create, I want to be able to do something to do with board bending that no one's ever done before. That's only been seen in models. And I'm going to do it because why do you climb Mount Everest? You know, because it's there. And, uh, Let's just say because you left your out. wallet at the top, I think. Most people left yeah, something out there. I, yeah. Well, let's just say that uh, it is it is extremely funny to watch how badly this fails. So, what episode is that? Because the first episode's free for people to tune into, yeah. and then it's if I'm am I right that it's nine ninety nine for the rest of the episodes? Yeah, yeah. So okay. I think I think it's uh, I think it's uh, nine ninety nine US or something like that. And, um, it's, uh, yeah, so basically it's less than a buck an episode. Yeah. It's, uh, I think that is in the storyline begins pretty much, I think from episode three to that somewhere between episodes three and, and seven is, there's always this backstory, this saga of, of this, this it's attempt a, that I'm making. It's a five and, episode uh, mistake. That does sound expensive. <laughs> yeah. Dude. And, and, and my rule was, so it's kind of like, you know, I don't, I, I, I'm not sure if you guys are Seinfeld fans, but like the Seinfeld rule was when they were filming was no, uh, no lessons learned and no hugging. You know, that was their rule when they made that show, right? They're, they don't want, they want to follow a different pattern. And I'm like a huge Seinfeld buff. And so the rule was we are going to film this show and we're not going to hide anything, you know? And, so therefore, when something's going wrong, and there's a and this decking this deck saga, this side story of what's happening with the decking, when I try to do this ridiculous thing, uh, is just one of the stories. But there's you know there's some uh, it's funny because I'm seeing Mo up here from uh, uh, from Apex, and he's he's uh, he's my buddy. There's a there's a major there's a major side story that involves uh, me meeting Mo to rescue me because of something else stupid that I did. <laughs> and I, and I like that, you know, like, you know, particularly as guy in the construction industry, you know, I have four daughters, you know, and my eldest daughter is, is 
about to graduate welding. You know, she's about to move become a badass, you know, badass 19-year-old welder chick. And I love that. You know, I love that she's getting into into the trades. But, like, guys are terrified of looking like they don't know what they're doing. Yep. You know, of making a mistake, of, <laughs> of being able to admit, you know, that they don't, like, oh, nothing drives me more crazy than having a guy on my crew. And I said, you know how to do this? And he's like, yeah. And then you find out later he doesn't. Yep. I go, you just lost my respect. You tell me you don't know what you're doing, even though you were like, oh, this might make me look like I'm not that smart. They're like, yeah, I, I don't know how to do that. I can learn. I'm going to be like, thank you for telling me the truth. Now I trust you. Now I, now I know that you won't tell me something just because you're afraid of looking like you're, uh, you're not all that. And that's, that's TV, right? You measure once, you cut once, we never make mistakes. We're construction superheroes. Full. No Everyone makes mistakes. Yeah. And I, I just think people like it when the truth is told. I have, a, I have a funny story about that. Back years and years ago, probably seven or eight years ago, when I was still building at a fresh decks, um, I had a new guy that started with me and a couple deck, maybe it was the first deck in, but not certainly not the first day. We were probably about a week into it. Time to cut stair stringers. And I said to him, do you know oh, how to yeah. cut stair stringers? And he's like, yeah, I think I, yep. I know how to do that. Yeah, I can of course that I, do. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, yeah, yeah. you go do that. I'm going to cut this curve in and you go figure out the stair stringers. And so I'm sitting there doing my thing and it's, it's been a while and he's still, he's still standing at the sawhorses and he's still got a pen and paper out and he's still going away and he's cut nothing yet. I was like, are yep. you, uh, you doing Terrified. okay over there? <laughs> yeah. Doing okay over there? Uh, yeah, I think I got it. So I leave him for a bit longer and it's like, now we're like an hour in and the framing square hasn't even made an appearance yet. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. are you sure you're okay? Do you need a hand? He's like, well, like it should just be simple Pythagorean theorem, right? And I was like, let me show you. Let me show you the easier way to figure it's simple this out. Pythagorean theorem. Yeah. Everybody knows Pythagorean theorem. And he like, was like, do, do, you, do, do you use the cotangent? And it was like, no, dude, yeah. I use the frame. I use the stair gauges. Like, yeah. just put them on the framing square and let's get started. Yeah. So anyway, it's it's classic guy stuff, man. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I too afraid to say I don't and know. I think I think guys are gonna like it because I I don't blame a lot of guys. You know, when they've watched, you know, when they watch, particularly with guys in the trades, when they're watching shows, you know, probably one of the greatest honors for me, you know, and, you know, we, we've had conversations before, you know, but it's a, a real honor for me is when guys come up and they're like, I like your show because you're not, you don't come across like you're better than anybody or that you're trying to be like, I'm here and you're here. You see the difference, you know, uh, you know, and that's, for me, that's a huge, probably the best compliment I can receive because if guys in the trades are looking and going, no, oh, I like that guy because he's not, you know, he's not, he's not walking around with his big ego. And, you know, and I, and I said, I go, anytime, if any of this ever goes to my head, to my own, when you're surrounded by family and four daughters, it'll keep you humble. <laughs> Trust me, it works. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. I have hair with four teenage daughters, let me tell you. Yeah. But when you can show, like, in Backyard Revolution, it is showing how liberating it is. And how I, the opposite is actually true. You actually gain people's respect and gain people's trust when you're showing your humanity. You know, because it's not a, making mistakes is going to happen. It's how you correct the mistake. Correct. And the worst thing, and it, any, anybody in the, in the business, anybody, in, if you're living on the planet, you're going to understand the statement. When somebody says, makes mistakes and says, my bad, you're going, done. Yep. It's over. Yeah. Then yep. if somebody's like, don't tell me I made a mistake, or don't look at me, or you don't, like, well, no, you're putting, trying to put it, blame on yeah. somebody else. Yeah. Then 
your perspective on that person changes. Am I right? You're correct. Hundred percent correct. Hundred percent. We talk about that yeah. with our employees all the time too, right? And it's just like yeah. just own it. Just own it. It doesn't yeah. own I'm, it. I'm not gonna fire you because you drove over a board. It's like, but if yeah. you drove over the board and then told me you didn't, but I saw you, it's like, well, then you've lost your job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you've lost the job and respect. You, you, you lost it all. Yeah, yep. you, know, you got nothing left. You got left, yeah, nothing left. It's Teddy. amazing. <laughs> um, I know I had I had posted this question to Jenna before, but I'm going to tweak it a little bit. I, I had had a question for you that was that was who is your dream team crew? But I'm guessing the easy answer is the, that's probably your decked out crew or your current crew or whoever you're not going to hurt the feelings of. But what I would like to, yeah, exactly. like, yeah, yeah, but you wouldn't want, nobody wants to work with Dave, right? <laughs> I want to rephrase this question a little bit. And I want to say <laughs> of, of people you haven't worked with before. Uh, sorry, maybe you've worked with them, but they haven't been part of your primary crew. Is there like two, three, four people, maybe you've worked with another series or something like that, that you would consider part of your dream team crew, but it's not your deck out guys and it's not your de- uh, revolution guys. Yeah, I, I probably so. I mean, doing home to win and yeah, getting got to a kind good of pool work there. Yeah, there's a pretty good pool there. Um, I tell you, you know, I don't know if that counts because we kind of did stuff, did do stuff together. But uh, so Sebastian Clovis is a is a really good buddy, really good buddy. We have a lot of fun, and he's a musician too, right? So we we're always bouncing stuff off each other. And a former actually, Saskatchewan actually, Rough Rider. Yeah, man. Right. So. Oh yeah, I know. It's been, <laughs> trust me, we've had I've had amazing insight into Sebastian when he was on the football field, and be like, "Yeah, I'm glad I didn't know you then because you were a lot angrier." Yeah, you know that's what made him good. But uh, you know, he like he's literally will send like I have a well, I have a, a Sebastian like recording on my phone that I kind of feel bad because I haven't listened to it yet. I got to get back to him. Uh, he's awesome. Uh, if I was working with Seb and any combination of Tiffany Pratt or Danielle Brick. Every time we work together, uh, Danielle Danielle's uh, done her own thing now. But uh, I mean, see, just how fun it is because she's so straight laced. You know? so there's a dynamic working with her and and said that would be a lot of fun. But working with Tiffany, Tiffany makes Tiffany Pratt makes me look like a sane person, <laughs> and that's that's hard to do. That's not an easy task, you know. She's just like, I mean, you you're, you can go blind just from the color of the clothes. Yeah, I was wearing, like, like, you just need to wear more vibrant colors. You'd be fine. I right? I know. I'm, I'm like, everyone's looking at her and not me. This is unfair. You know, yeah. she's uh, she's just a complete riot laugh a minute. I, I'm always going to be drawn to the to these two authentic people, like people that are that are just they don't take themselves seriously. They're just you know overgrown kids like me. And, uh, you know, legitimately in their day-to-day lives, in their day-to-day jobs are legitimately like just enjoying the actual ability to impact people and are legitimately still surprised when people come up and say, Hey, can I have your autograph? You know, it's like when, you know, they said the day that somebody ever comes up to me and says, you know, Hey Paul, you know, I'm a fan of your show. And trust me, this has happened in the most inappropriate places you can imagine like taking my daughter into the emergency room and being stopped on the way through the doors because someone took them that long just to get the courage to come up and talk to me. But I was taking my daughter into the emergency room uh, 
But even then, I'm, I'm still, like, even my daughter would be like, no, Dad, the day you say no to someone is the day you're an a-hole. You know, and I'd rather not ever, ever be uh, seen that way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, this, this question might be related a little bit. It might be the same answers, but on Home to Win, there's a good crew of people on there. Who would you consider to be your closest ally and your biggest rivalry with on that show? <laughs> good one. Yeah, start with a rivalry. Uh, start, I, wanna... <laughs> I think, uh, well, I think I kind of already named, like, yeah, allies. I like the way you dramatize it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, very clever. Yeah, so I think, like, you know, obviously Joe and Dave and Katie are, you know, allies and family for life. So outside of that, like, yeah, but like, yeah, how do you like, how do you pick? What do I divide them into? Let's go, let's go right for the rivalry. Speaking it's of building impossible. stairs, before you get there, speaking of building stairs, didn't Dave and Joey bugger up a set of stairs on one season? Didn't they build, wasn't there like an interior set of stairs that was supposed to come down and they messed it up and they got and somebody gave them a hard time in the show. Maybe I'm misremembering, but. I think it might have been just Joey, actually. It was his project, and he buggered up the stairs. Oh, like on a decked out episode, you mean? No, on Home to Win. Oh. There was oh, something. Yeah, no, I, he I, mismeasured a stair yeah. landing or something or went off plan or something. And somebody told him to stick I'm, to decks. I'm actually having a hard time recalling that. <laughs> anyway. Mostly because I just I erase people's mistakes from my mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He owned yeah, it, yeah. so it didn't happen anymore, right? Okay, continue yeah, on. king of owning anything. Yeah. Joey could be like, I oh sorry, I I appear to have uh, set off a nuclear explosion by accident. My bad. <laughs> and you're just like, that's okay, Joey. Like he's Joey's the king of owning any mistake he ever makes. He's, yeah. he's, Might uh, even he's own like, some of other people's mistakes. Taught me how to own how to own stuff over the years. Yeah. Uh so rivalry, I'd probably say it's impossible not to have rivalry with the with Bomber and McGilvery, <laughs> just because they invite it. Yeah, they're they have just their there yeah. throwing down. Yeah, like the, I mean, they're, the little bromance they've got going on is beautiful. I mean, it's uh, the rose petals and the bubble baths. You know, it's it's uh, it's fun. That's fun to watch. I don't know why I'm watching. That sounds weird. Uh, <laughs> Are you the only other guy in the room when this happens? Because <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm filming it. I'm the one filming it. <laughs> oh, that's weird. I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, uh, I've, I've said too much. God, please erase everybody's memories. Uh, yeah, that's just, that's just, you know, I think when you get a bunch of alpha males in a room, it's, uh, that's just fun to watch the, uh, the dynamic because I actually, I actually am a strong personality, but I'm not an alpha male. So, and, and so I think when the, if there's ever alpha male stuff happening, it can be what it's one of those things where, uh, it's hard not to want to engage sometimes when you know they're drawing you into an engagement because it's fun and it's good television, but uh, you know you do have to be kind of aware. Oh, hang on a sec! I got to plug this phone in before it dies. That would be weird. One <laughs> second. Oh, you still there? We're still yep. here. Yeah. Are we still going? We're still, still going. there. Man, that would have been. Just ruin the whole podcast, man. You know what's gonna? I'm gonna preface this right now before it happens, Paul. But the there's a li- here it is right now. In 20 seconds, it's gonna kick you out of Instagram Live because there's a time limit. So you're gonna I'll restart the video and then you'll have to rejoin it when that happens. The phone call will continue, but you'll just have to restart the video. Does anybody right. does anybody even come close to you as far as being a prankster on the set of that show, or are you the king? Uh, no, I think that would probably be. Yeah, I I think when I threatened everyone. 
on the first the first time we did Home to Win when I said, uh, if anyone comes in your carrying you go, you're going to find eggs in your shoes, you know, <laughs> instantly quick. Eggs in right, shoes. So we're gonna, we're gonna, I got kicked off here now, so we're going to go. Yeah, you're okay. Live. We'll get it started back up. I'm just going to make sure Bryce gets this saved here before we go too far, and then um, we can continue on that. But in the meantime, hmm. um, I think people – these will be the last kind of set of questions. I think people are going to want to know a little bit about the business side of things from you as well. Cause a lot of people that listen to this are contractors themselves and they're looking for, they're always curious how everybody's doing what they do. So how do you kind of have things structured in your business? Like I know, I know that your wife is involved in the business in some capacity. Like, are you quoting jobs? Do you have a designer that does the designs and are going to quote or estimator does the quotes or how is this all structured for you? Um, so, the, the beauty now is is uh, the team that I, I've, I've intentionally kind of shrunk my team down. I, I mean, I used to have like 16 crews on the ground, which was, uh, which was tiring um, <laughs> to the point that now. 16 you know, just, crews just going kinda, at the same time? Yeah. Yeah. Holy that was, uh, smokes. That was way back in the day when, when I was, when I thought that would be the way to do it. Do you think and, that uh, when that, you that had. Was, that was a nightmare. When you had 16 crews, do you think that you made more money at that time? No. Yeah, no, I know, I right? Made, I made less money, higher overhead, less money, more stress. Isn't that crazy? Don't do it. I So at one yeah. point, I was a, a finishing carpenter. I was doing trim work in houses and stuff. And I had, I had 10 employees at one time. And I was yep. spinning my wheels. You know what I mean? I was just absolutely oh, yeah. running from disaster to disaster, I was putting out fires everywhere. And at the end yep. of the year, my accountant pulled me in and was like, oh, yeah, how did that go? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I felt like, yeah, I moved some big dollars around in my bank account. And, and he was like, so let's look at this. You made less money this year than you did last year. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that, then I'm not interested. You're like, that's I don't horrible. Want, yeah, I don't want to work twice as hard to make less money or three times as hard to make less money. So then as they started leaving for whatever reason, it was like, I quit because I'm going here. I just stopped replacing them. And it was like, yeah. he left and he left and she left and another one left and was like, yep, all good. I'm now back down to no, being by myself. I totally agree. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. I think I'm going to, so do I go back to watch live video? Uh, yeah. We're just trying to get it started again here. For some reason, the options, there it is. Okay. We're starting it right now. So you'll be able to oh, there we go. join it. again in a second here. Yeah, it's so, just so much work for little payoff, really, right? Yeah, so now now I, I will have um, so I have my project managers, and it's what's, a, a, a method that's really kind of worked well is I I like to love going I love going in and, and doing designs with my clients like face to face. I didn't when I was doing the shows I I, I miss I miss the times when I was able to when I was going in specifically to, uh, to design, sorry, my dad was going I'm like, dad, leave me alone. I'm up. I'm, I'm doing something, man. <laughs> dad, uh, I'm on Instagram I, I doing miss, a podcast. Face to face contact. Yeah. I'm doing a podcast. Dad, leave me alone. <laughs> get uh, out of my room. <laughs> yeah. Get out of my room. Mom, Mom. where's the Milo? So, so now, now, now I, I going back in and, 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 and having face-to-face times with my clients, 
where I've got the technical elements being handled. I got guys measuring laser elevations, doing all that. And, and just being able to stand in somebody's backyard and tell them what my vision is. And then I'll have the guys, you know, the guys will end up, they'll go away, get all the technical elements put together. Um, you know, uh, fire back all the design info to me. And then I can sit and design, uh, exactly what I pictured because I think it's all, it's really important for everybody in any business to just get to the place where you're doing only what is your strength to do. Right. Yeah. Get on the right seat on the bus, on your company. If you're, if, uh, if you're the people person and you're the design person, don't try to do the technical stuff. Get someone else to handle that that does that stuff well. Are we going to try to get back on video here? Yeah, we're live here again. So if you join in, you can hit the button and we can we can bring you on again. I'm looking for that magic button again. Do I have to go back out and come back in? Or scroll to the top of the comments, I think, is the other option. Yeah, I don't see any. I don't see that this time. You have to send me your request, man. Mm, I don't know that I have to do. You should. I don't know that I can do that. Um, I don't see you in here, though. Did you leave again? Oh, wait, I'm going to leave and come back in. That's if I joined. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. I'm sending you a request. Please let me in. There you are. I want to be on TV. You, so may, you may join the podcast. I've been so. on TV a lot, but nothing beats being on a Huawei. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There we go. And we're back. We're back. Okay. So now that was weird. I didn't know how to do it without a camera. I felt, I felt yeah, uncomfortable. you froze right up when the camera turned off. Bro, right? I was like, I, I don't know how to talk now. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we were, oh yeah, we were talking about, talking about uh, business structure. So yeah. yeah. So now finding out what you, uh, uh, camera work, <laughs> finding out what you're good at doing. If you have, if, as you're building a company, as you're forming a company, getting to the place where you're doing what you're the best at, getting other people to do the things that they're the best at, finding out that mixture um, will make your business not feel like a job. That's the best advice I could ever give. And sometimes I can take years to develop, but as soon as humanly possible, get out of doing the things that your brain is not created to do. I'm a real big personality type guy. Like we're, Certain personality types are created to do certain things. You're, if you if you spend a lot of time doing the stuff you hate doing, it's going to affect the things that you do well. It's actually going to bring the stuff you do that's your talents down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and because so, you start to like you start to hate the idea of your job, even right. So, like yeah. for contractors, lots of contractors are awful at paperwork. They're not accountants. They're they're yeah. builders, right? And so I hate it. I hate paperwork. It's hate the it. worst thing, but guys build and then they go home and they do estimates and they do their paperwork and they try to do payroll and they, they end up hating their job. And it's like, yeah. dude, it's your job. You quit working the company you were working for. So you could do the thing you love doing, do the thing you love doing. So yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I, anyone starting a company, I, I, I would say every business book I ever read, I would burn them all and just tell everyone to read one book. And that book's called The E-Myth yes. by Michael Gerber. Oh, it's a big one. It's so good. That's, that book That book will, I'm glad I'm glad you guys immediately went like, yeah. because it, it, well, it I had to use like this one because I don't have this one. So. Wade gives it one and a half <laughs> thumbs up. It's like one and a half thumbs. I like it. That's good. <laughs> so we actually just the, discovered uh, that, this, that book over the winter here. And it was perfect timing. Oh, really? Yes. It was perfect timing because we were about to open our second location. 
And yeah. that, that book, man, hoo-wee. Yeah. I, like, I don't know if it would have been possible without it, to be honest. Yeah. It, it revolutionized, it revolutionized my company, but you know, I have, I do have the benefit. Like, like, so my wife is, she is running the admin side of things because I would rather be in a ditch on fire than run the admin side of things mm-hmm. because that's not what I do well. And I, I, I felt like I can't do admin. It's just that I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Just being but, honest, right? It's like, I, I, I want to be, I want to design, I want to create, and I want to build. Yeah. I love that. And that's, that's the entrepreneurial myth. That's the e-myth. Exactly. You end up getting, when you start a company, you end up now becoming the same person that is doing the marketing and the accounting and janitorial, janitorial services, yeah. you know, for doing everything. Exactly. And all of a sudden you're like, this sucks. Why did I, it's so much easier when I worked for somebody else and I went home at five o'clock and then turned my brain off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm going to open this up right now. <clears throat> I'm gee, Holy smokes. Hey, puberty. Just hit puberty <laughs> at 39 <laughs> years old. Uh, a couple of people asked what the book name was. It was called the E myth. So look that up. It's on uh, audible. My preferred way of taking in books nowadays, but um, there it is. Yeah. I want to open it up to the people that are in here as well to ask Paul some questions as well. So feel free to punch those in. Bryce will take note of them and then he'll, he'll put them in front of my face and then, and then I'll ask you them if people have some questions. But um, I, this is probably a goofy question, but everybody always asks everybody else this. Mm-hmm. What source of marketing works the best for you? Where do you get your leads from? I'm guessing for the most part, your name and your brand that you've built and your TV shows is probably still working for you. But is, are there other places you're finding that leads are coming from that you don't expect that that work well? Um, or, or even yeah, when you started, I, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, so I think it's better sure. to go back. The 16 crew days, it's like, no, I don't have to do anything because people just call me because my yeah, like, what, what a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I I had I learned a lot. I think the I found what didn't work exceptionally like, fairly quickly um i had I did, when it comes to selling a high-end you know product for the backyard you know we were transforming somebody's outdoor space i found that home shows was they were they, they didn't they didn't do well for me and i don't know if things times have changed um i found that uh just my the success rate for the shows other than just being in the community and being visible. But I just found that uh, very few people walking around a home show with a, you know, with 50 grand in their pocket, you know, to start yeah. to, to want to transform their backyard, you know, and they're just going, where am I going to spend this big wad of cash? I'm like, yeah. Hey, what about a backyard? Mm-hmm. Like they're already thinking about it. People that, you know, so, it's, so I found that targeting places where, where people are, are already going to be looking and the timing wise, I mean, it's just human psychology is all marketing is just understanding human psychology. Yeah. And, you know, we're even trying to still figure that stuff out now with like, how do you, how do you get people to buy a TV show that are used to just turning you on TV and watch for free? You know, it's the same psychology of getting a lead for your company. It's kind of going, you have to, Number one, bypass to set the fear that people are people are afraid of getting ripped off. Yeah, this is again something that's in the show. If you watch episode one, it's like my first rule, my first uh, plan of action is how to create a relationship with my clients 
in a in a way that it's something high Tracy um, in a way that just attacks their fears right off the bat you know and if you can tie that into your marketing somehow it's a good idea we do that in the now, store what I yeah. I do it immediately with customers they walk in and it's like what's your budget and they're like I'm not telling you my budget it's like well I can't help you if you don't and so like we have to right. do that. We have to, we have to talk about this right away. Otherwise we're just going to yeah. waste everybody's time. You probably shouldn't go. What you often say though is, Hey, what do you got in your wallet right now? What do you got in your wallet? You could probably <laughs> you want to trade find and then pull my wallet out and like want to question. trade. Yeah. Right. Cause sometimes it could be good for you and sometimes not so good. So. Uh, it's a, it's a, this, I, this story really kind of helped me sum it up. Uh, so we were, Jen and I were down with the girls a few years ago in, uh, uh, we, were, we were on a Disney cruise, which was which was very fun, uh, because they take your children away and let you drink, which is great. And uh, like Walmart, like Walmart. Wait, what Walmart are you going to? Wait, Wait. you should check out. Uh, yeah, check out some Saskatchewan yeah. Walmarts. They're it's fantastic. Almost exactly like Disney cruise, Walmart. Yeah. you're exactly right. It's just like it's one of it's one in one a. So, so we were showing up. It was like terrible weather, and we ended up uh, pulling up at this one port. So the only thing to do was to go into town. With the high pressure sales, people all waiting for you, just like vultures, right? Yeah, yeah. And so Jana, Jana's like, "Can you come with me?" Because, you know, I just I, like she's such my my wife. She's such a defender, like personality type. She's just like, like she'd be she's the worst negotiator in the world. Maybe like you know, she's like you know how much how much for this plunger for the toilet? Like two hundred dollars. She'd be like, oh, "Okay, I guess it's feeding some people somewhere else." You know, she's just not <laughs> a negotiator. So, so she said to me, you know, honey, can you come with me? Because I just need you to run point for all these people that are going to look at me like fresh meat coming out of these stores. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, baby, I'll show you how it's done. You know, <laughs> so we walk out. The first guy that walks up to me, the first guy says, hey, how you doing, man? Come into my store. Let me rip you off a little bit. <laughs> okay. I, I like, think I'm going to go into this one. like, <laughs> That is the most unusual approach yeah. I have ever heard. I was like, what is your name? He's like, my name is Israel. And I'm like, you have my attention. What, a, what an ingenious way what of being you, able to approach people. What did you buy? I spent $2,000 in the store on a necklace. <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, and I'm going, and it was because the guy led was going, I know exactly what you're afraid of, yeah. and I'm going to you on the thing that you are afraid of most and that's getting ripped off yeah yep. and i'm gonna hit you with that right off the bat and i and i saw the genius of it right away he wasn't because he was he was instantaneously respecting me yeah about understanding what i was going to be wary of and not wanting and i never forgot that i never forgot that and so even when i'm talking to clients now you know it's like look that question that you're talking about somebody going i'm afraid to give you my budget I'd be like, look, I know the, I would approach it with a client like, now here's the, here's the money talk and everyone hates the money talk and mm -hmm. it's just like, oh God, I, I, you know, you're afraid to tell me how much money you spend because maybe I'll then go, oh, I can find that this is how much I can, I can give you less for more because you let you threw your ace up your sleeve on the table and now I know. And, yeah. and I'm like, it's like, I do not blame you for feeling that or fearing that. But if I don't have some idea, then I'm going to end up designing or creating something for you that you can't afford. Yeah. And then what you are going to end up 
what, what, what you can't afford, you're going to look at it and be like, instead of being like, wow, look what, look what we have. Yeah. You're going to be going, oh, I guess we'll settle for this. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I'm the guy you want to give no limits to. Right? Yeah. <laughs> why, why would I want to show somebody something that they can't have? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Get their hopes up and then, and then crush their dreams. And then, they, and then they're spending their hard-earned money for something that is just like, oh, okay, I guess this is all we can do. Yeah, Meanwhile, but, if they didn't see the other thing, they're going, this is amazing. Exactly. You know? Exactly. We have a question from somebody on the on the IG chat here, and if anybody else has questions, punch them in quickly because we're uh, running out of time here for Paul. But uh, the LED light guy asks, as a designer, what do you feel are the up-and-coming trends in the industry? If I had a nickel for every time I heard that one. Yeah, right. Um, Today. <laughs> so, and, it, and it's not. It's not You'd so have two nickels. In, in episode three, yeah, in episode three of Accurate Revolution, as I'm here just shamelessly plugging my show. Sure. Uh, AccurateRevolutionTV.com. Have you heard uh, of the Ultimate Deck podcast? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. See, we're, we're, all, we're all selling something, you know? Um, Bang Energy, sponsored by Bang Energy Drink. We need a Bang sponsorship here, too, by the way. So, Bang. That's really good. Yeah. I'm I'm looking for something to sponsor. Sponsored by uh, the the Calvin of Age Sleep Aid, Melissa Dream. I just found it. It's uh, very good for people that don't like sleeping. I have never opened the box because I, I, you know, my wife got it for me. Moving on. So, here, go to sleep. um, (laughs) Yeah. She's like, please, just, for the love of God, please stop, stop talking. talking. Yeah. You have this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For, for those that were here for the beginning of our 14 hour podcast. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, the trends, I, I talk about trends at the beginning of episode three. And what I, what I, what I'm talking about is, is how I don't believe in trends in the traditional sense, because what a trend is, is something that's going to be popular today. And it's not going to be popular tomorrow. You know, there's, if at some point in time, the August Gold appliances and all of green appliances of the 1970s, somebody looked and went, damn, that looks good. <laughs> and then a little while later, people went, if you don't remove those from your house, we can no longer be friends. Like it was, you know, that to me is like an extreme example of trends. So I think when people are asking questions like that, it's more along the lines of how, how is the, how is the, uh, the industry? What is the industry moving into that is going to be the mainstay from here on up? Sure. And, you know, it's, I think the, the guy who asked that question, he was a lighting guy. Yes. You know, I mean, that, that's one of the major ones. I, I'm, <laughs> what is the point of building? It's like he didn't know that. In, hey? Yeah. Yeah, it's like clever. He's, it's like he knew what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> like we set that up beforehand and he's going to give me 50 bucks. Yeah. To do something as a project without doing lighting that, that creates that different feeling at night, that completely different emotional response that's a musician in me talking, uh, then you've, you, you've, you've made a terrible error. You've got to make sure you incorporate a nighttime uh, feel uh, as opposed to the big, you know, the, the light that's sitting off the back of your kitchen porch heading into your backyard that's not meant for that. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, the, the composite, uh, ultra low maintenance PVC. That's that's not even that's not a trend. That's just you're an idiot if you don't. That's here to Why stay. Why would anyone? Yeah, yeah. That's here. To, that's here to stay. Um, you know, I think I think I'm starting to see a lot more um, decorative, like like kind of one stop shop or, or really quick abilities to make decorative privacy screens 
uh, in a way that's really aesthetically pleasing, but without feeling like you just put the Berlin wall up between you and your neighbor, you know, where it's like, I like you and my neighbor. I'm going to build something in my backyard now. You're never going to see me again um, because I want my privacy. And it's this, this hideous wall. Uh, I love being creative with, with privacy walls. Um, the, uh, the one thing I'm starting to see a lot of is the, uh, the pergola roofs, the, 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 the louvered roofs. There's like the structure or equinox roofs like that. Yeah. Um, now they're kind of early on there. The price has got to come down because they're a little stupid expensive as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's coming from the guy who builds half million dollar decks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I remember I'm a Scot, but I, yeah. I'm trying to, I'm still trying to, to, uh, you know, I'm always still trying to save, save my clients money. I want them to get the best bang for their dollar. Yeah. But right now there's nothing else in the market that can do that. If you can like if, have the, have it open and closed and stop the rain, like the rain starts to fall and it automatically closes. Yeah. You can open it up, you can close it. Um, it can take a snow load. That's pretty crazy. Um, and you can do with it, but you know, things that you can't do with, you know, building something out of wood. Right. Um, they're expensive for a reason right now. Hopefully the prices do come down over time, but they, they, uh, they definitely are, they definitely introduced some outdoor room, uh, possibilities that weren't available before. Sure. Yep. That's absolutely true. I'm very proud of my on the spot answer to the trends question. I, I think I did, I get, I'm getting myself a gold sticker right now. You weathered it pretty Pardon? well. That is true. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, Paul, I, you've given us a lot of your time. I don't want to take any more of it. You've probably got things to do, and there's probably fans on your driveway with signs waiting for autographs and whatnot. So, oh, always. That's <laughs> the reality. I'll just thank you. I know that uh, I know the Decked Out series and HGTV as a whole really kind of changed this industry and started, kind of changed the uh, box that people were thinking in when it came to their backyards and really kind of started the growth of this outdoor industry that we're now benefiting from as a retail store that sells outdoor living products and whatnot. So awesome. I think for uh, Deck Builders everywhere that are that are getting to do things a little bit more creatively nowadays, which is fun for them, they, they've got you to thank for that as well. So I appreciate your influence on the industry and your time you gave us today. And um, anything else? Wade, you got anything else to add? Paul, you, anything else to add? What are you doing with your free time now that you're not doing trade shows? Like you don't fly to Calgary or Winnipeg or all these <laughs> trade shows that you go to. I'm renovating my own house. Right, there we go. <laughs> Is that why you had no drywall on the ceiling at the start of this? You like, you showed the That's ceiling? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, just, I, I finally, I finally built my like master bedroom, uh, which uh, my wife was, you know, it's been 23 years. And I've been busy fixing everyone else's house. And then, yeah, we moved up to Georgian Bay with my, with my four daughters. So it was, you know, we're like just in a paradise, like kind of setting two hours away from the city, which is, I wish we had done this years ago. Uh, it helps with the teenage hormones. And, uh, but just, you know, just actually have not feeling guilty. Cause I literally, I, I, I couldn't go anywhere. So I've actually been able to sit and be able to do a bunch of, of uh, renovations inside the house. It's like, what do they so say? It's like quarantine life. construction. Shoe, they, they always say quarantine it's a, construction. Yeah, yeah. Shoemakers, kinda, kinda, a shoemaker's kid go barefoot, right? That's what they, oh, that's I, like I, this. I the classic. Oh, I got, yeah. On our next podcast, I'll tell some of those stories because they're fun ones. But uh, I mean, it's, I've been I've been uh, not doing home shows or not doing all that. This is like I said, Backyard Revolution was a as of right now is a was a two and a half year project, which has taken up so much of my time to do with uh, to make it to, to get it to 
to what I wanted it to be. And uh, I really, I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing what what uh, what the guys and gals in the industry think about it. And I really wanted to hear the feedback from it, um, just because you you guys will know more than anyone else whether this really is authentic or real or not. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. For sure. And I and I and I'm looking forward to that. So so I'm hoping that that people will check it out. So just a question uh, on that. Real quick, just a question. I've watched the free one. I haven't signed up for the rest of the episodes yet. Are they all posted right now, or are they going to trickle out on a schedule? Like the last dance. They are all ready right now. There you go. You can, uh, the first episode is for free. You can check it out. Just, uh, you know, watch it and go, wow, oh, this looks like it'll be good. Or watch it and be like, this guy is. This guy's trying to rip me off. Up. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This guy's trying to rip me off. I'm, I'm tired of getting emails. Yeah. And so if you go on now, it'll, uh, you take your first episode and. I think uh, as of today, you can buy the entire series. Um, this time next week, we'll have it available if you wanted to do it like a bucket episode and watch an episode at a time. Gotcha. Um, that's uh, yeah, ten bucks, and it's, ten. you're supporting an insane person that wants to change the industry. And then, like I said, when you hear the secret behind the show of how this was done, you're gonna understand why. Uh, why it's very, why the name Backyard Revolution is wasn't a mistake. Plus, this guy blew two thousand bucks on trinkets on a cruise ship. So help him out. Spend the ten bucks. <laughs> yeah, backyard. I got sucked in. <laughs> BackyardRevolutionTV.com. <laughs> Paula Francis's new project and show you guys can check out now. It's up there. Check out the first episode. It's pretty good. I, I really enjoyed the format of it. I thought it was very, very well done. So I'm going to be spending the 10 bucks to watch Thanks, the rest man. of them. So people go there. Thanks, Paul, for joining us today. If you don't know, we're posting these things on YouTube lately as well now too. So that's a, that's a thing. So you can tune into this on any podcast platform or YouTube. See you next time. You've been listening to the Ultimate Deck Podcast. Ultimate Deck Podcast. Brought to you by the Ultimate Deck Shop. Shop with us at www.ultimatedeckshop.com. Or check us out at all the social networks we can keep up with. Hit us up for any collaboration or sponsorship opportunities. Thanks for listening. Damn.